listening to Forge Radio, your university soundtrack. We're up to Bratton Park where there's been a red card, but for who, Chris Kamara? I don't know, Jeff, has it? I must have missed that. Red card. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> have you not been watching? I haven't. <laughs> Hello and welcome to In Review. We're back after a two-week uh, break. In the studio today, we have debutant Matt Rennie, uh, Adam Richmond, Gethin Morgan and hey. David Anderson. Guys, how are we? Very yeah, well, thank good. you. Great, thanks. Good, let's get straight into it. The format, as we know, two pairs against each other over four rounds. The first round, funniest sports moment of the week. And we'll start with Matt. What you got? Uh... Yesterday, I thought I'd adventure and branch out of my footballing activities and I watched AFC Wimbledon versus Peterborough United and uh, Marcus Madison in the second half had a little square up with one of the Wimbledon players. Uh, Madison lent his head in and then he fell like a sniper had shot him to the ground doing a quite a nice salmon leap as well but ended up with a 22-man brawl on the pitch and uh, it's quite quite funny thing to see was it quite a slow thing to get going or was it as soon as the challenge went in as, as soon as the challenge went in he went up to his face and he uh, fell backwards like all of a sudden he'd been clotheslined by uh, <laughs> some one of the wrestlers that's not the sort of thing you expect to see in lower league football do you no. you, you yeah. kind of expect that from like your Man United's or Arsenal's not so much in AFC Wimbledon who was it AFC Wimbledon against Peterborough Peterborough yeah, yeah no, you should be a bit harder at that level shouldn't mm. you <laughs> definitely you see the sort of players that you see play for Wimbledon um, who's the big lads? Akin Fenway. Akin Fenway, yeah. He'd, yeah. Laugh at, he'd laugh at that, wouldn't he? Mm. <laughs> he probably did. Yeah. He's at Wickham now, isn't he? Yeah. He was in the studio. Oh, was he in the studio, actually? Yeah. I bet you he probably wanted to go down to the pitch and get involved yeah. in that. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. He already had his XXXL suit coming off. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if we had to pick, let's say, two uh, lower league clubs who would be most likely to get into a brawl, who would, that, who would they be, do you reckon? Blimey, that's a deep question. That is, it's deep, but I, I don't think my um, my knowledge of of the thuggery of the lower leagues is good <laughs> enough, to be honest, to be able to answer that. I'd say, as a Watford supporter, I know that Luton Town were quite aggressive back in the day, and they finally made it back into league football. So I think they're League Two. Yeah, League yeah, Two. Not, yeah, not I'd, I'd say yeah. they'd be they'd be quite aggressive. I'll um, just say Millwall. Yeah, it's the obvious choice. Yeah. Luton against Millwall. The police would love that match. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Adam, uh, what's your funniest sports moment of the week? I think most people have seen it. It's Leeds versus Brentford. And it's Johan Barbe taking a mick out of Samuel Says. The height difference. And I feel for Samuel as well, man. Like, as a fellow short person. Yeah, I'm with you here, Adam. Mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. It's, 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 not a, it's not a happy sight. Hold on, can we paint the picture of what happened then? Because it, it, it was actually quite funny to see it sort of happen yeah. live on TV. So we just, just walked up to him, and then he's like, yeah, looked all the way up, Samuel says. And he just went, look down, like, mate, you're not on my level. Oh, <laughs> literally. It is, it literally. Is, <laughs> it is the most sort of, like, balloon-bursting moment yeah. I've, I've ever seen. If that was me, and, like... 
I'm, I'm losing it a bit. I'm a bit aggressive. Someone annoys me on the football pitch, and then a player just does that to me. It must oh, be so humiliating. I, I feel I feel for the guy. And but equally, it was, it. it was very funny. Yeah, very funny. I think it was the fact it was live on TV in front mm. of the Sky cameras <laughs> at night in Brentford. But I mean, Leeds... The Brentford-Leeds rivalry, it's not a big rivalry, but because it is Brentford, they are a London team. And Leeds, mm. obviously, we, we all know about them anyway. That The fact that a player could do that to another player and humiliate them in that way. And then Brentford won the match yeah. as well. So that was even worse for Leeds. Exactly. Okay, coming up after the uh, break, we have Dave and Gethin's uh, funny sports moments of the week. But now it's blinded by your grace by Stormzy. This is In Review. We are live on Forge Radio.
the students. By the students, this is Forge Radio. Your university soundtrack. Hello, welcome back to In Review for the uh, second part of the first round of the show. Funny sports moments of the week. Matt and Adam against Gethin and Dave. We've heard from uh, Matt and Adam. Uh, so Gethin and Dave, your funny sports moments of the week. And we're going to start with Dave. What you got? Uh, my funniest sports moment that I found out about this week, it might have actually just been late into last week. Shh, don't tell them that, we Don't tell anyone this. Yeah, right. Um, the funniest moment that I can think of is actually to do with Manchester United's own left-back, Luke Shaw. Uh, Luke Shaw recently came out and he's had a little bit of a spat with Mourinho, hasn't he? Um, yeah, there's a couple of Man United fans in here. You can vouch for this, right? Guessing yeah, well, him. Mourinho just doesn't seem that keen on him. Yeah, um, for whatever reason, Mourinho doesn't seem keen on £30 million Luke Shaw. Mm-hmm. Um, so Luke Shaw came out and said, kind of, I suppose, despite Mourinho, uh, I'd really like to play under Maurizio Pochettino, who obviously he played under at Southampton uh, back when he was a yeah, Southampton yeah, player. Yeah. Uh, seems great. Pochettino's now Tottenham manager, although you can't really see why Tottenham would need another left-back because they've got uh, Wales' own Ben Davis. Yep, best in the world. they have England's Danny as Rose. So they've got a good couple of options at left-backs. So you don't really know why they'd need another left-back, but fair enough. He's By the way, before moving on, who, 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 go around the studio. Who is better, Ben Davis or Danny Rose? Let's start with Dave. Sorry, I've complete, you've just completely thrown me off my track. I know, but um, if we had to choose... Better? The answer's Ben Davis. Carry on. I'm going to say Ben Davis because I don't Davis, really care yeah. about... I've got Danny Rose. Ooh, cool. Yeah. We made him at Sunderland for his loan spell there. <laughs> yeah, you say that again. You say that with the Welshman in the studio, Matt. It's not going to go down well. Sorry, Dave, you're saying... What was I saying? I don't know. Um, okay, so I built all of that up. I know, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Tim just cuts me off. No, yep. <laughs> here we go. Uh, obviously... Yeah, who, who, what was I talking about? Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw, yeah. Leaving that door open. Response? Leaving that door open to go to Spurs, potentially. Pochettino, meanwhile, has just released a book, or he's about to release a book, but extracts have come out. And here's what he said about Luke Shaw. I felt his head was not in the right place at Southampton to make sacrifices and decisions that are necessary at that age. And in this whole section of the book, apparently he just continues to slate off Luke Shaw, um, absolutely ripping into him saying essentially that he didn't really want him at left back he's made the wrong decisions and basically Luke Shaw has been left caught between a rock and a hard place here and mm. he because he's now shunned him shunned Mourinho at United what, not wanted by United not wanted by Tottenham it's unbelievably unfortunate timing isn't it that he's happened to say this just as Pochettino's book is coming it's, out it's horrific timing and I just like to say that Luke if you're listening the door's open at Watford FC. <laughs> we've, we've got Holobas, but, you know, he's getting on a bit. Um, if you can get your head back in the right place, then we'll, we'll take you on. Well, I mean, he'd, you be got... a good, he'd be a good sort of a bench player substitute if Holobas gets injured. I agree. Fair enough. I mean, you've got cleverly, haven't you, at the minute? So you sort of get in the United rejects. Uh, through the door anyway, so we tried that at Sunderland and it's failed disastrously. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, sort of David Moyes testimonial team there. It's yeah. like you could just never get the best out of Cleverly, could you? That's the issue with Manchester United. Well, I think I mean Cleverly. We I did mean, get the best out of him, it just wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's doing all right with us. Well, right to be now. fair, he was in the midfield with Anderson when uh, United beat Arsenal away to Old Trafford, but that's a different story anyway. All right, Gethin, funniest sports moment of the week. Uh, well, I'm not gonna lie, Tim. My funniest sports moment of the week is basically just an excuse for me to mention the fact that I was in Paris on the weekend yeah I was, um, this is going to come wasn't it following my one true love the Welsh national football team not the pubs in uh, the uh, 
outside of the stadium in Paris. Yeah, there's some lovely, lovely little bistros. And Easter oh, I got yeah. that. <laughs> That's nice. it's got the seats expensive, outside. not yeah. gonna lie, but it's fine. We, it, it wasn't gonna stop us. Um, and the Welsh fans, we're a good laugh, mate. We're a good laugh. We like to have some I got fun. that from your Snapchat story, and yeah. Exactly. And, you know, there's uh, many moments I could have put, picked from this away trip that I think are very funny. But I'm, I'm going to go for one specific one. Basically, Antoine Griezmann, who was absolutely phenomenal against us. We were playing France, obviously. And um, and he was brilliant. And watching him out there, he had this these long, blonde locks. He's dyed his hair again. He's got long hair. And it just looked like Robbie Savage. <laughs> and so, so 3,000 Welsh fans just started singing, you're just a, I can't say the word, you're just a bad Robbie Savage, I'm going to yeah. say. You um, get the idea. Yeah. And I just thought, that that's what supporting a football team is all about. Just those little moments where you can have a laugh. And I just thoroughly enjoyed that. I've got to admit, I mean, that, that does take some beating. I mean, the, the, fact, it, the fact it's Robbie Savage as well, I mean... Who was bad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, class of 92 was sort of the one... The, the rejects. The one who got away. The one who got away, <laughs> yeah. Um, again, I mean, it is tough every week to choose a lot of these, but I think the fact that we have got some personal experience with a story here, pretty for, for one of the first times ever on the show, which is which is quite nice to see. Uh, Gethin, funny sportswoman of the week. Something I did, I've just realised. Yeah, you, you were part of, yeah. So we have an Exhibit A here. You're welcome. So... Uh, Dave and Geth go 1-0 up. All right, next round we have a marathon, so we will quiz uh, everyone on the panel uh, of their specified uh, uh, sports, uh, taekwondo and horse racing to come. But here is Get Out of Your Own Way. It is in review live on Forge Radio. Take 
us on Facebook and keep up to date with the latest news, highlights and events. Facebook.com slash Forge Radio. This is Forge Radio. Welcome back to In Review. We are into the second part of the show. The marathon round uh, started this year. We thought we'd spice the show up a bit and see where we can go. It uh, And it's uh, not gone badly so far. So, uh, Dave and Geth currently 1-0 uh, up over Matt and yeah. uh, Adam. And we're going to start with Dave on uh, his... Uh, Oh, would you say brilliant Watford knowledge? I think it's it's not I'd bad. I'd say my Watford knowledge is... Above average. Is good for a Watford fan. Probably excellent for a non-Watford yes. fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll take it. Because I'll, you do have experience with the uh, the fanzines at, at the club, don't you? You sort of writing. I do. I yeah. do write a fanzine for Watford. It's not bad. Thank so you we'll, for, we'll, thank te- you for we'll test, we'll test your knowledge now to see if you can back that up. With uh, the manager's... Uh, of Watford in the past 30 years. You've got a minute and a half to get as many as you can. I'm assuming we're counting head coaches as well, because Watford uh, now operate under a, a yeah. new system. Well, we don't actually yeah. have a manager, we have a head coach. Anyway, we got a, uh, we got a stopwatch. Yeah. A minute I'll, and a half. I'll, I'll, I'll get it right now. Give me one second. Lovely stuff. A minute and a half. I've got yeah. to think of Watford head coaches and managers of the last 30 years. Since 1977. I'm ready 77. when you're ready, mate. All right, ready? Three, two, one, go. Okay, I'll start... At today, so Marco Silva. Yep. Uh, last year we had Walter Mazzari. Yep. Uh, before that we had Kike Sanchez Flores. Yep. Uh, before that we had Slavisa Jakanovic. Yep. Uh, Billy McKinley. Yep. Uh, Oscar Garcia. Yep. Gianfranco Zola. Yep. Beppe uh, Sonino, I missed. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, who, who did we have before Zola? Uh, Sean Dyche. Yep. Uh, Malky Mackay. Yep. Not bad. This. For that. Brendan Rogers. Yep. Um, Ray Lewington. Yep. AD Boothroyd. Yep. Uh, Gianluca Viali. Yep. Graham Taylor. Yep. Dave Bassett. Uh, yep. Um, who else did we have? Let's think of the dark ages of Watford. Uh, what, the mid 90s? Kenny Jacket. Yep. Um, or. 90s. Well, I mean, this is this is getting before my time. I'm gonna to have to think. Who? Wait. Uh, oh, you haven't written down who I've already got. Damn. Uh, who? Who would I've? Who did I missed? Watford managers. I said. I've said jacket. Is I? that time yet? Or no? You still got ten seconds left. Ten seconds left. Come on, David. Think, man. Think. Three. I, I don't two, think I'm gonna get another. Unfortunately. One. Yep, that's it. That's it. Come on, tell me who I missed. Uh, who you missed? <laughs> Hold on one second. Uh, Colin Lee, Steve Perryman, Glenn Roder, uh, Steve Harrison. They were the they were the few that, there. That was seven. Did I miss any correct, others? I think. No, you got all the that's you, all the other ones correct. Really? Can I just say that was a fascinating list of names? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. very interesting managers you've yeah. had. Sean Dice to Jan Vranko. Yeah. Yeah. Rogers, I didn't even know. Viali. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Is, you weren't just listing Mark them off; Mackay. you were listing them off in order as well. And I was, <laughs> I was thinking it's such an easy follow that it's actually quite handy. <laughs> I thought that would be the easiest way for me to actually yeah. go through it. Otherwise, I'd be all over the place. Mm. But no, I, I, no, I get that. I get, I get that. I'll take it. Goes in a different bed in this one, so uh, not a bad bed. There you go. Um, so yeah, uh, what well on that, Dave? Right, Gethin. Uh, last week we you know, 
pretty not last week, pretty more than that. Last show. Yeah, last show. Seems to... I smashed Welsh knowledge. Yeah, Welsh knowledge <laughs> wasn't too bad. So we've got you on Man United knowledge this week. So uh, being uh, you uh, found a, a Welsh question in the quiz as well. Thank you very much. Very very typical that. of that. So uh, let's find where we are and okay, right. Uh, Stopwatch ready? Yep. Minute and a half. Three, two, one, go. Man United legend Sir Matt Busby served most of his playing career with which English club? Ooh. Um, Man City. Yep, correct. Uh, the United Trinity refers to which trio of United players as features in the statue George outside Best, of Dennis Lawson, Bobby Charlton. Yep. Who netted United's first ever Premier League goal? Oh, I know that. Um, is it... Steve Bruce? Mark Hughes. How many United players were in England's Euro 2016 squad? Um, Five. Three. Smalling, Rashford and uh, Rooney. Uh, He won't be in there anymore. Retired now. Who was captain of United in the inaugural 92-93 season? Um, Brian Robson. Yep. Uh, Which former United player had the nickname Chicharito on his shirt? Hernandez. And in which translation? Uh, Little P. Yep, Eric Cantona scored the first hat-trick in the Premier League. How many hat-tricks did he score from United in the Premier League in total? Uh, four. None. Oh. Never scored a hat-trick for United. Which former favourite managed a Welsh club in 2014? United player. Um, sorry, say the question. Oh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yep, Cardiff City. Who made 206 consecutive league appearances between 1977 and 1981? That's Ten. remarkable. Um, Ten seconds left. Um, I cannot even think. It must be a goalkeeper. Who's keeper back then? That's it. It's stopped. Oh dear it's me! Steve Couple. Steve Couple. That's a good question. But you did well. You got to the Welsh question, so we're happy in that one as well. But uh, yeah, how, seven how, correct answers. So that's I'll seven. And how many did you 24 get? Twenty-four in total. Well, Twenty-four 17. in total. So. Not bad. So, uh, okay, after the break, uh, Matt and Adam have 24 to beat to try and level up uh, this tie. But here is one chance to dance. This is In Review. We are live on Forge Radio. I'm no professional dancer. You did. 
shows at Forge Radio and keep up to date with live updates from the studio this is Forge Radio your university soundtrack hello welcome back to in review for the second part of the marathon round before the break Dave and uh, Gethin had their go at uh, the marathon and had got 24 four points in total pretty impressive stuff um, right, Matt and Adam, you have a fair bit of work to catch up, and we're going to start with uh, Matt. Uh, so uh, we're going to get away from football for these two. We've got horse racing and taekwondo. So, uh, Matt, would you say your horse racing knowledge is pretty good? I don't like to blow my own trumpet, but <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think it might be better than some people's in here. Definitely. Definitely. I can vouch yeah. for that. I don't it's, think quite an, it. it's quite a niche uh, topic, yeah. isn't it, to get. Okay, uh, stopwatch ready. Got it. Minute and a half. Ready. Go. How many fences are in the Aintree Grand National? 40. Uh, 30 fences. 40. Over two laps. Uh, what is the purse uh, prize money at the Dubai World Cup race? 10 million American dollars. Yeah, ba- yeah, bang on. Yeah, you know, that's that's fine. How many Group 1 races did Frankel win over the course of his career? Oh, think about that. Uh, I'll go nine. Ten. Oh. Uh, how many winners did trainer Willie Mullins have at Cheltenham 2015? Uh, Eleven. Uh, eight. Uh, who, who was the jockey of the Irish 2000 Guineas 2015 winner at Glen Eagles? Uh, Ryan Moore. Yep. Uh, where does the Scottish Grand National take place? Uh, yep. What is the oldest regulated horse race in the world? Uh, the Doncaster Cup. Correct. Uh, what year did get the question right? What year did Aidan O'Brien begin his run as private trainer for Coolmore Stud in Ballydoll? Uh, two thousand ninety-six. Uh, what does the P stand for in AP McCoy? Uh, Patrick. Peter. 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 Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Calto Star won the Cheltenham Gold Cup twice. The first win was recorded in 2007. What year did he win for the second time? 2009. Correct. Get on to some more. Sorry. Uh, in horse racing, how long is the Breeders' Cup? Uh, two days. Uh, oh, I mean, the race. Yeah, the race. Uh, yeah. One mile, two furlongs. Uh, one mile, one, one furlong. But I'll, I'll give you it. You're, you're a furlong out. It I mean, depends it, it, it's, 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 it's where it's being held at that year. Yeah, all right. I'll, 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 give, you, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. They were some tough questions. Yeah, they that were. Was, that was impressive knowledge. Yeah. yeah. That was. 
I'm nervous now. A couple of them were only one or two off, didn't they? Six feels like a harsh, yeah. like an unfair reflection, but no. But uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. So. Um, okay, taekwondo. Uh, Adam, what would you say your taekwondo skills are like, just in general? Uh, and then what's, what do you think your general you knowledge is? You could kick your head off, Well, that's why he's on <laughs> the other end of the table and I'm here, so. Mate, I could still do it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Stopwatch ready? Yeah, it's ready. Uh you got a few option choices here. You should be quite happy. Oh, yeah. nervous. Uh, true or false, weapons are used in the practice of Taekwondo. No. Uh, correct, it's false. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, check that. I was like, am I wrong? Like? Suspense, what is yeah. the literal meaning of Taekwondo? Um, the way of hand and foot? I don't know. It is the way of kicking and punching. Yeah. Uh, true or false? Only men can practice taekwondo. No, false. Yeah, correct. I'm, I was thinking that if that was actually true, then that would be a bit. Go on with the question. There. All taekwondo activities are based on the defense attitude that was originally de- originally developed for what? The army. Uh, I'll give you a choice: protection against enemy attacks, killing your opponent, shows in competitions, better peace of mind. Um, competition. Uh, protection against enemy attacks. Okay. We'll get there. It's being quite slow today, this. Yeah. Uh, what advantage does Taekwondo do? Uh, give practitioners over weak opponents stronger body respects, power, or self confidence? Um, self confidence, maybe? Uh, yep, correct. Yeah, I'll. Can we add 20 seconds to this because it's been a bit slow? Uh, when was Taekwondo first introduced to the USA? 1867, 1950, 2001, or 1743? 1950. <laughs> yep, correct. <laughs> Edgerum is being played up today. In Taekwondo, do the uh, does yeah in Taekwondo the term uh, pooms? If I pronounce that correctly, yeah. yeah. Means uh, what? Balance, place, character, or form? Form. Correct. Uh, the actual sparring of an opponent applying offensive and defensive techniques that one has learned through pooms is called what? Sparring. Uh, or um, yeah. Sparring. Begins. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay, that's time. Oh. We, we said I'll, two minutes. I'll, I'll do one more because okay. the internet's been really slow today. True or false, Taekwondo uh, competition is conducted between two practitioners labelled Chung and Hong. True or false? Uh, false. Uh, it's true. Oh. Okay, so... so uh, also six, so 12 in total. 12, so you got half the score there. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Next next week we'll get we'll get a quiz where the, the actual internet uh, <laughs> it won't mess up. It, it, yeah, it doesn't mess up. Uh, anyway, uh, after the break we have uh, the third round. It's rant of the week, so both pairs for that do that together. Uh, currently two 0 to Dave and Geth. So Adam and Matt, you've got to get this one. Uh, but now it's Saint Oxford by Mint. This is in review. We are live on Fools Radio.
number one students union this is forge radio your university soundtrack there you go hello welcome back to uh, in review for the uh, third part of the uh, show this is uh, rant of the week so uh, david gethin currently two nil up they cannot yeah. lose they cannot lose well, we can so draw you we... can draw so uh, try not bottle the lead so uh, Matt Adam uh, got a bit of catching up to do this round and we're going to start with uh, you two uh, Matt take it away well I've decided to change my last minute and uh, I'm going to rant about my own football team about how we're an embarrassment to the football well, league well this was inevitable I yeah. have to say that yeah it was uh, you can't really avoid the subject area it's uh, it's been two weeks now since we drew three with a uh, a high esteem club in Bolton Wanderers <laughs> and sacked our manager 16 minutes after the game didn't even have a chance to give a team talk was uh, effectively thrown out of the stadium you'd think our CEO Martin Bay would have had a replacement lined up by now uh, we're halfway through international break and we still don't have a manager and we're currently going into our next run of games with uh, a not an esteemed boss to take us anywhere lazy players as well and uh, we are just an absolute failure we are so there's been no movement on the manager no movement whatsoever no there's been a 
few Twitter rumours which have all been shot down gracefully by uh, um, the club themselves, but uh, nothing at all. And it's starting to uh, get on my nerves a little bit more mm. than I thought it would have done. It's a bit of a sad state of affairs at Sandler, isn't it? Yeah. It's the bottom of the table. No manager, no money. Not many fans anymore. Well, I mean, they're all pretty sitting at home, pretty sort of ranting at the TV, sort yeah. of doing exactly what you're doing at the minute. Uh, it's I mean, a it's a big struggle. You must have set one of the world records for like leaving like fans leaving at half time. Yeah, it was just standard in it. When you've got the pubs outside the stadium <laughs> like that we've got, you wanna be leaving. Trust yeah. me. Adam, what do you think about Sunderland's current predicament? It's a bit of a sad state of affairs, mate, really. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Alright, David Geth, uh rant of the week, what we got? Okay, ours is also football. And it's a slightly controversial topic, but yeah. Essentially, we're we're, we're we're going down the route of the poppy appeal, because uh, we're both, I think, in agreement that we we'd like to remember those who fallen yes. in, in wars of for, course, yeah, for our yeah. countries. But we're also a bit fed up with it, mate. Fed up with the way that people are almost using it more as a publicity stunt mm. than actual for remembering of our fallen soldiers, and this comes from. Remembrance Sunday. Obviously, you've got football matches on Sundays now. You didn't used to have them. And Remembrance Sundays, I can't remember when it started, but football clubs decided if we're playing a match on Remembrance Sunday, we'll hold a minute's silence before kickoff. And that makes complete sense. Um, And obviously, if you're on the same weekend, so say you're playing on the Saturday, clubs then seem to think, okay, like if we're playing on the Saturday, we'll hold our minute silence on the Saturday. Yeah. But then it stretches to, okay, if we're, say, Watford, if we're away at... I don't know, Leicester on Remembrance Sunday. We'll have our minute silence there. But we also want to have our, our display own. of affection yeah. at home because we want to we want to show that we're doing our bits to remember as well. So then the week before or the week after, you'll have another minute silence. And then what's next? Like the nearest the nearest match at Wembley, mm, you'll have a... The nearest FA Cup game. Yeah, <laughs> the nearest FA Cup game. We'll have our minute. So it's almost a case of... It feels like we really want to remember those who've fallen for us. But, but it should just be it should just be, should, just a, be a subtle day of the year where it's nice, paying your respects instead of sort of politicising it and making it such a big so do you, deal. Do you reckon that it should be the, the fact that every single Premier League, every single league, uh, football league club, uh, their, their nearest home game to Remembrance Sunday is when they hold the minute silence? Do you think it should only be the clubs who are actually playing on, the on that weekend? Just, yeah, the set the set if it's. Remember on Sunday, there's Saturday, the day before, and that weekend of games. Because Just, it almost seems like a competition between clubs yes. to show who can, who cares more. Yeah. And it who, shouldn't be that. It who can pay of, more respect? Yeah, like, I mean, we a, a few years ago, when it was the 100th anniversary of the First World War, at Watford, we had a massive display. Uh, it was like a foil display, and it looked beautiful, but it... There's almost always the thing of, are we just tr- is someone then going to try like and top that. us, and is somebody trying to top that? And, and, and then you you go away from the actual point of remembering. Yeah. It, it feels a lot of the time that no, people are more bothered about yeah. like whether or not it's controversial, or whether or we have to do it now and whatever. Okay, you got ten seconds to round it up. And yeah, another, just another calm small down, point, poppies. <laughs> the forcing of James McLean to wear a poppy yeah, as well. Yeah, don't even get that, me started. That's on that. another whole point. So I think that we've got. To chill grounds. out about poppies for a bit. Okay, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, look, Sunderland, yeah, you're bottom of the table. I, I get the idea. I mean, most of your fans have left the, the ground on, ma- on match days now. But being a United supporter, what happened in 2012, I can never forgive you for that. So, <laughs> David Gethin, 
uh, for that. And to be fair, it was a really good argument as well on Poppy's uh, 3-0 lead. Uh, last round coming up. Defend the indefensible. Uh, you will not want to miss it. There are a few good ones in that. This is in review live on Forge Radio. At the time it was alright, but looking back, I hurt my eyes. Maybe all the angels had to fly. to Forge Radio, your university soundtrack. Welcome back to the uh, last part of the show. Uh, defend the indefensible. We get some uh, great answers in here. Uh, but unfortunately for Matt and Adam, uh, it's just a consolation prize because they are 3-0 down to Dave and Geth. And we're going to start with uh, Dave on this subject of international uh, breaks recently. Your defend the indefensible this week, Dave. International breaks should last a month. A whole month? A whole month. 
Blimey. Yes, please. That's really indefensible. We know what Gethin thinks, but... Shall I go? Go for it. Okay, fabulous. So I think international breaks should last a month rather than two weeks because it gives international teams the chance to really sculpt a squad and a style of play more so than if you just throw a group of random players together on the spur of the moment. For example, Exhibit A, England. Probably one of the finest examples because we're always pretty trash. You just throw together players from your usually your big clubs. You might have a couple of Arsenal players, a few United players, a couple of Spurs players, and then a few from elsewhere in the Premier League. And all that happens is you get these players who are all playing different systems throughout the course of the season. Playing, they, they might you might have a left back that's used to like for Spurs bombing down the wing, and on the other side you might have a right back who plays for I don't know. West Brom. West Brom. Um, probably unlikely, but you might have a white right about the place of West Brom. Who's not used to that? So you suddenly got this imbalance. You need a month at least to actually find a style of play, coach the players for a... Maybe coach them for a week, have like a little warm-up, and maybe you fit together three, four international games in that period of play, but at least then you know that you're playing the style of football you want to play for your country and not just throwing a few players together and hoping for the best. And this is why we see the best international teams, like, for example, the Spain team, who won, I think, three tournaments in a row, was it? Um, yeah. Earlier, earlier, what? Yeah, blimey, 2008, 10 years, 2008, 2012, yeah, yeah. yeah, two years. One yeah, more that was because it was predominantly from one or two clubs, wasn't it? It was mostly Barcelona and a couple of Real Madrid players. And you see this and in Germany as well, that's when what's everyone happened with, was buying. That's what, what's happened with Wales, is that everyone's played together in the Welsh system for about 10, 12 years since they were young kids, and they've all played the same system. Yeah. So even though they do only get the, a few, uh, the odd week or two every now and then, because they've been coached that over years and years and years, they're more like a club team in that sense. Yeah, whereas with England, we're so fickle, and we just throw players, and a lot of the time, we throw players in who don't deserve to be in the squad. Who've maybe uh, maybe just outcasts at big teams as opposed to informed players at lower league teams. For I don't know, I can't think of anyone other than Tom Cleverley. <laughs> but just I think overall that's why we need to put more effort into actually having a designated period which we focus on international football and nice. just leave clubs aside for a month. I oh, yeah, I like it. I like that. Yeah, nice. All right, Gethin. On the subject Sound. of internationals as well, Wales again missed out on. World Cup we qualification. Uh, haven't qualified for a World Cup since the 58, uh, 58 when Sweden, I think, hosted the tournament then. Uh, yeah. yeah, Sweden. Blimey, I think when he lost to Brazil, Pelé. Quarterfinal, yeah, 17 year old Pelé. Yeah. Broke a heart. John tough. Charles was injured. We would have beat them if he was playing. Tough life, tough life. Uh, well, they went on to win the World Cup. But, this uh, is like David Brent trying to up the guy and yeah, win the exactly, yeah, exactly, like, yeah. They did this. Did you also know they did this? Yeah, but they did I this. Like, I know <laughs> it all, mate. Yeah, me trying to overdo uh, Gethin and Welsh knowledge, it's, it's not going to go down. Have you got well the Wikipedia all. page up? <laughs> not yet, anyway. Uh, anyway, Geth, uh, Chris Coleman should be sacked. Yeah, well, don't get me wrong, right? Chris Coleman is a Welsh football legend. He is probably our greatest manager for what he's done in the past few years. And he started off pretty badly, but he's taken us as far as he can. And that is a far, a long, long way. But he's not a tactical genius. Most most of the tactical elements come from his assistant, Oshan Roberts, who needs to stay regardless of what manager comes in. He, he should be the ever-present. Chris Coleman is also he's a bit conservative, and I think that let us down in the World Cup. We got a lot of draws. We, we only lost one game, which was the very last game. And we just needed to go out and play at times and, and, and make a substitution that was a bit more risky. And uh, he's never really done that. He's always stuck to his loyal players, 
And we should maybe just get a new, some fresh blood, someone a bit more exciting. Like I say, he's pushed us as far as he possibly can, and he will be thanked for it. But Chris, perhaps it's time to move on. So who would you bring in then? Um, I don't know. Like Dave Jones. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'd, put, I'd throw my hat in the ring, mate. I reckon I could do a job. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what have you done for Forge this year so far? The top goal that, scorer? Yeah, I am, mate. With two? I mean, it's not saying much. Well, that's just, we've, that's only just scored, we've only, we've scored, we've only three. scored three goals. But, <laughs> Overall. Yeah. Anyway, uh, after the break, uh, we're going to hear from uh, Matt and Adam with their defending defensible. Matt, I'm sorry, your one is absolutely horrific. Uh, but here is uh, No Words uh, by Dave featuring Mostak. It's a great song, and Adam definitely recognises it yeah, and that's the reason know. and I that's the reason mistake. I put it in so here we go <laughs> I don't want a dead no I don't want to sort it I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to I don't want a dead no beef I don't want to sort it out I don't want to hear no words I don't want to talk it out I don't want a dead no beef I don't wanna sort it out. I don't wanna hear no words. I don't wanna talk it out. I don't wanna talk about the ins and outs. But in my bank, more money goes in and out. So I had to allow the bacon, allow the bait. And if I touch you, I bet you my house gets raided. And with some dumb use, that will blaze for custom. They won't raise there you, but they will raise the something. And I like my car with the roof off. I like my girl with the boot on. But sometimes I want the dirtiest skills. Cause those are the easy ones. But too bad they only see me once. Cause we one night them. I wonder why we don't like them All this money I spend cause I'm I don't wanna dead no beef I don't wanna sort it out I don't wanna hear no words I don't wanna talk it out I don't wanna dead no beef I don't wanna sort it out I don't wanna hear no words Cause I'm self-made, self-paid Girls wanna phone for a friend over and over again, over and over and over again. Self made, self paid. Girls want a phone for a friend. Over and over again, over and over and over oh. again. Not again, all my days. Another gal with a slight ways. And why's this girl moving sideways? Every time my iPhone pings, she's looking at it sideways. I need a girl that rubs back and gives massages. Not a girl that back chats and sends messages saying she hates me, then loves me. Says f you don't f me. <laughs> Yo, walk in a party standard. Where's your army? Where's your man then? On Insta, sitting in a mad whip in traffic. Man, I'm looking like a catfish. Fake use, plastic. Stop acting, man, are all average. My girl got a body bombastic, elastic. Call her Mrs. Fantastic. Like, oh, pull up in a car, I cruise. Hot tap, cool, nice move. Why she wanna know when I said I'm with the stars? She just turned around and she said, Who? To go home with us, that's standard. She wanna roll with us, that's standard. Digging, getting paid, that's standard. It's more one day, that's bangers. I don't wanna dead no beef. I don't wanna sort it out. I don't wanna hear no words. I don't wanna talk it out. I don't wanna dead no beef. I don't wanna sort it out. I don't wanna hear no words. I don't wanna talk it out. 
For the students. By the students. This is Forge Radio. Your university soundtrack. Welcome back to In Review. It's the uh, last bit of the show, uh, the final bit of Defend the Indefensible. And although Matt and Adam cannot win at all in this uh, in this whole thing, they I'm are sorry, three. Matt, they I'm are, sorry. They are three all down. Uh, they have a chance to uh, regain some uh, self, uh, pride and get a consolation here. Uh, but Matt, this is going to be difficult because uh, haven't known you for long, but I've known you that you've, you are a massive horse racing fan and you were raving about Aidan O'Brien. Uh, I did on one few, of the shows yeah, last a few week, weeks ago. I? So I thought, well, how, how do we turn this around? How do we make this really difficult? Uh, Aidan O'Brien, a few years, uh, no, pretty uh, about a year ago, uh, was put into the Irish Thoroughbred uh, Breeders Association Hall of Fame. So your defend, your defend the indefensible this week is that he should be stripped of that. That he should be stripped of that. He should oh, be stripped. Yeah, kicked got, out of the Hall of yeah, Fame. I've got a lot of reasons for that. He's a dirty trainer. He is. <laughs> He's a. Uh, so Aidan O'Brien throughout his whole career has been spoon-fed the uh, best horses possible in the business. It's very, very elitist of him. He hadn't had to work much at all. In fact, he's probably been a lazy trainer about the amount of horses he's had compared to uh, some of the other trainers who have gone out there and sent uh, out the best runners, such as Jim Bolger and Dermot Welder. He's also he's also been prone to controversy in the past with some of the horses running. 2008, he got done for Team Tactics, which has never been done in horse <sighs> racing before. Sent, sent one out to the front and it barged across another runner. Um, only last year he got done with a non-tries appeal. Uh, so one of his horses wasn't ridden fully on the, his words. Um, so why should we have someone in the Hall of Fame who is known to do that as well? He's been spoon-fed everything. If we really want to put him in the Hall of Fame, let's give him a donkey and see if he can turn that into the best resource <laughs> in the world. If he does, then I will change my mind. But so far, he should not be in the Hall of Fame at all. It's not bad. Strong it's, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. You, you've been able to get that out yeah. well. I'll give you that. All right, Adam, uh, to run it off today. Uh, Let's go. Uh, headline uh, recently, uh, last few uh, days, Sebastian Bassong, a uh, Norwich player, uh, mm. uh, was banned from driving at 110 miles an hour down the A11. Uh, your defending defensible this week is that he should have gone even faster just to describe how quickly he runs on the pitch. Because okay. he thinks he he, he can I, run I pretty can, I quick. I can help him out here because Basong lives only a mile away from where I do. Exactly. Really? You probably yeah. heard <laughs> the tyres screeching and that was just him trying to get to his car. <laughs> <laughs> He's just that fast. He's okay. a machine. He's, Norfolk, He's a machine. Norfolk, He's Norfolk's Cafu. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, his legs just can't stop, mate. He's probably Usain Bolt's long lost brother. He's that fast, okay. He'll probably beat Usain Bolt in a race if it was over like... 100 meters <laughs> because Usain Bolt's legs will stop obviously after 100 meters. But I'm not talking about Usain Bolt, I'm talking about Basong. The man is faster than any man on the pitch. He doesn't know about Raheem Sterling, mate. He is. I don't know. He's just are we like, looking at the, the FIFA pace then, are we now? <laughs> mate, it's just not. It's, it's, you can't even have him on FIFA. It's illegal, okay? Mm. The pace is just indescribable. And you just know, you know, imagine being in a car that's slower than you. You just can't do it. He has to be over 100 miles an hour to keep up with his legs. I, that's my I, argument. Yeah. I agree. He, I he had a little spell at Watford and he was also very quick. I can also vouch yeah. for the road conditions that he sped on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We don't have many people in Norfolk, so uh, 
you thought. So it was pretty safe yeah, anyway. Pretty That's safe. probably the least surprising yeah. fact of the it's day. Just, just, like a, just like a runway, basically. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Norfolk Rosers have caught him out <laughs> in their tractor. If he, got, if he got caught behind a tractor, then I mean, he wouldn't be able to get anywhere near up to that sort of speed, would he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Norfolk's version of the Autobahn. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll I tell you what, a whitewash was on today. But it's not oh, going to be a whitewash no. because I tell you oh, what, yes. Matt. The argument about Aidan O'Brien was uh, it, 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 yeah. a lot I of agree. facts came out there. I want so. to know how many people understood what I said. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, no idea. idea. You know, but, you know, I think yeah. it helped you because I was like completely convinced by it. <laughs> yeah, this guy sounds like he sounds awful. Mark, Mark of a good politician. That time, time will tell. Anyway, uh, all right, three-one. So the overall winners today, Dave and Yeah, yeah I think. Well, and Dave, uh, that's quite a convincing win. Thank you very much, Timothy. No worries. No worries. That. That's it for today. The uh, podcast will be out uh, this afternoon once I get round uh, Mixcloud and Soundcloud. Uh, but until now, I've been Tim Adams. This has been In Review. And until next week, goodbye. Bye.